Make this Christmas memorable with Goat Guns. Get the coolest miniature gun models for your collection. From historical classics to modern weapons, we have something for every firearm and hobby enthusiast. Surprise your loved ones with the gift of Goat Guns, the perfect blend of quality and detail. Shop now and spread the joy at GoatGuns.com. Monetizing digital services since 2004. Boosting the entertainment industry by making digital content accessible for everyone. AWG, where innovation meets monetization. Welcome to the HCI family of podcasts, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We share our own original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. Join us for practitioner-oriented content around all things leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with the HCI family of podcasts. Welcome to the podcast. In this podcast episode, I talk with Richard Metcalf about making time for strategy. Richard Metcalf, welcome to the conversation today. Jonathan, hey, it's great to be here. It is great to be with you. I believe we had a nice conversation a couple of years ago. It's been a while. Great to have you back on. Great to continue the dialogue. Uh, where are you joining us from today? I'm joining you from Paris, just outside just outside of Paris in France. So uh, you can tell by my accent, I'm not uh, born French, but uh, I have adopted the country over the last 20 years. Wonderful. And I love France. I love visiting any t- chance I get. It's been a, a while. I think the last time was pre-pandemic. Um, but so I need to get back, um, but wonderful. And I know it's a Friday evening for you. Thank you for taking the time uh, to have this conversation. We're going to be talking about Richard's book, Making Time for Strategy. And as we get started, I wanted to share Richard's bio with everybody. Richard Metcalf describes himself as what you get if you were to put McKinsey Consultant, a slightly unorthodox pastor and an entrepreneur into a blender. I love that. <laughs> he is the founder of X Quadrant and a trusted advisor to exceptional CEOs and entrepreneurs and their leadership teams. Richard, anything you would like to highlight from your own background before we dive on in and talk about your book? Just one thing, perhaps, which is really why I do what I do, which is really important to me. And it's probably become really more important than we than when we last spoke. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized that what I'm really serious about is helping these top leaders that you just mentioned create extraordinary impact, make a positive difference in the world. And the reason mm-hmm. for that is, uh, you might be able to see it in the background here um, on the video, but my sister Georgina was mentally disabled. I had this high-flying career and she needed 24-hour care. She couldn't speak and she passed away relatively early in life. And and so for me, that dichotomy has always been huge. I, I feel that if world's top business leaders don't change the world, then who will? And mm. so I think when I wrote the book, uh, it was one half of the equation. So I'm, what I'm all about is helping these leaders create bigger and more positive impact than they can possibly imagine. And what I find is there are two dimensions on this, Jonathan, one of which is um, being um, 
what I call being magnetic, which is like attracting people to us, um, mm-hmm. having powerful conversations, resonating with purpose, being somebody who stands for something, who's on fire. Mm-hmm. And the other part is what I call being strategic, which is this exponential thinking, which is about putting our attention on the things that matter. And I think it's those two things together is the work that I do with, with CEOs and, and entrepreneurs and some of their team. And I so say your book really is focusing on that strategic part. Mm-hmm. But I want to just share the, the bigger the bigger yeah. context, because for me, it's not just about, you know, hey, how do I just, you know, carve a few more hours out of my day? It's actually important because it's about impact. Yeah, I think that's wonderful. A great way to frame up the start of this conversation. Impact is what it's all about. I think every leader wants to have impact, wants to maximize their influence and the ability to make a difference in their team, in their organization, and in the world. Um, and we we usually don't know how to do that. Um, you know, we're kind of running around like chickens with our heads cut off, just trying to put out fires and just keep things afloat. And yeah. you know, getting to bigger conversations around strategy and impact are mm-hmm. are the types of things that not every leader gets to. Um, yeah. And so, you know, if you want to increase your impact and really start to make a difference, one of the, the best things you can do is start to, um, you know, prioritize your time in such a way that you can put the time in to spend on the strategy and the deep thinking and the things that need to happen in order for you to get to the point where you can have that impact. Exactly. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Let's start by just, if you can explain, share with us a little bit about kind of the origins of this book, uh, why this book, why now, why focus on strategy and, and the title of the book, making time for strategy. Uh, why that title? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the the reason for writing the book is that I realized that is, is a problem that all my clients have. And most every senior leader has this problem of time. I was talking with a, with a, chief executive just two days ago and um they were sharing with me the familiar story actually i'm so caught up in the day-to-day it always feels the whole organization is firefighting Uh, i feel i'm operating one level below where i need to operate it feels like my team is operating everybody is operating one level below where they need to be and as a result they're overwhelmed yeah uh, and they feel guilty about even giving more to their own teams because they know that they're all busy too and where do I find the time to really work on those game-changing things that I know is going to make the difference? I've had all my, so many of my clients, when they first start, have this issue. They're like, well, I want to go make a bigger impact. I want to think in multiplication, not addition. Hmm. But how can I go and do that next level stuff when I've got all this other stuff on my plate? And I realized that most people turn to productivity as the answer. They they turn to, you know what, I just need to get more efficient and more productive. But the problem is that that doesn't actually deal with what I call the infinity of things that come our way. Let's face it, we got infinite emails, infinite social media, conversations to have, infinite content, books, yeah. podcasts, uh, blogs, uh, streaming, whatever, you name it. It's all coming at us and we can't get through it. Every email we send, we get two back. Every mm. Slack message we send, we we create a whole conversation. So it never stops. And I think leaders, especially as they rise up and they get more and more responsibility and their sphere of influence expands, that even piles on even more. And so the techniques that used to work, perhaps for them, A, they probably don't work anyway in our current society, current age. Yeah. But also, they're also at a bigger, more responsible role than ever before with a wider circle of influence. So... That's why I wrote it, because I realized that the typical 
productivity tips weren't enough to break through. Yeah, and 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 the more success you find, the more that gets put on your plate. And you know, people want to work with successful people, so the more people ask of you, and like all the things you said, it, it's it's just really hard if we just live in a world where we think, okay, I can just like squeeze more productivity out of, you know, this, this limited, well, you know, doing these tricks, you know, that, that just doesn't work. And, and so I'm really excited to hear uh, more about how you approach this strategy piece, given this reality that so many people find themselves in as they're going through their day to day. Yeah. So when we have what I call the infinity trap, because it's a trap because we try to work faster and faster to get through it all. And we actually get more and more tunnel vision. We feel it's focused, but actually we're not seeing the opportunities. We're not, we're being productive perhaps, but not creative. And we're not therefore finding those breakthrough moments. So within our own little frame of reference, we're adding value where we're kind of making things happen. uh, We're making progress, but it's actually very incremental because of this tunnel vision and that's the infinity trap and um so what's the solution the solution fundamentally is we do have to create time okay to mm. do that but but we, how do we do that right because it feels almost impossible at some points like it just can't make it happen well you asked about the title of the book and why it's making time for strategy so when i talk about strategy first of all i don't necessarily mean corporate strategy mm-hmm. if you're a ceo or entrepreneur as many of my clients are that will be part of it but for me it's really the strategic right? Which means the thing that's going to move the needle for you, the thing that's going to make the difference. It's the filter, making time for the thing that really matters. And time is an acronym. In fact, I was super happy when I actually realized that my, my approach fitted into the letter time. But there are four things that spell the letter, the word time that you need to address. And the issue is that if you address the wrong one, you don't remove mm. the barrier. Mm-hmm. So if you work on productivity and that's not your big issue, or you, know, you work on your workflows and that's not the issue, then you're still going to be overwhelmed. So these four areas, and um, I've even got a diagnostic uh, little quiz on the website I can tell you about, um, which actually helps you identify which of the four areas mm-hmm. you need to work on. And you can literally just jump into the book right in that section and work on that. So I try mm-hmm. to design the book to be a book for busy people so yeah. that you don't have to read it from all the way through. You can just jump in and work on what you need to, or you can work it through systematically as well. So the four areas, there's the T is for tactics. Sometimes we do actually need workflow, better workflows. We do actually need a tactical plan to free up our time. Uh, especially I call it like a crash plan. Imagine that we are um, a business, right? Businesses, imagine you have a business that has zero margin, zero profitability. It's just stumbling along. Some months it makes a bit of money, some months it hasn't doesn't have quite enough money. It can't really invest in the future, that business. It can't really build a new plant, invest in marketing, catapult their future, right? They're kind of stuck until they get additional margin they're a bit stuck and it's very fragile. Well, for most leaders, that's the same. We're like that business with our time. We've got no time to invest in future success. We're, bum- we're bumbling along, using up all our time on the day-to-day. So we do need a plan, which I go through in the book, to really say, okay, let's do an inventory of what your current commitments are, how strategic they are, and then it's build a fast-acting plan to rapidly free up some time. 
and make a big difference. Because let's face it, if you're in that business owner who's not making any money, you probably need to cut deep. You probably need to make some big changes so that you're not just playing incrementally at the edges with you know, a few minor savings. So mm. tactics involves shifting, getting rid of things on our in our commitments, but then maintaining that and having some more sustainable workflows going forward. Tactics, wonderful. And as I'm thinking about, and may, maybe this will come later. So if, if, if it does, just <laughs> say, hey, just wait just a moment. But the, the tactics piece, it's it sounds like part of this is a boundaries kind of exercise mm. um, and understanding what your boundaries are. Like just yesterday, I was thinking of, you know, there, there's this particular um, leader that I had been working with and we've been going back and forth. And it, it this project has really become a huge time suck. Uh, and I feel like I'm always being asked in an urgent way to respond to the, their procrastination, their lack of organization, then it gets translated to urgency towards me. And we end up rehashing the same stuff over and over and over again, usually with long periods of nothing happening in between, you know, and, and at some point I'm just like, you know what, this, it's not my core job. It's, it's not really my responsibility. I'm trying to be a good team player. I'm trying to be helpful. Um, but this is just not worth it to me or my team to continue to do this. And so I'm just going to have to set up a boundary. I'm happy to work with you. I'm happy to continue to try to collaborate in this way, but this just does not make sense. So, you know, establishing a boundary when you have that kind of a candid conversation, then either, you know, you can say, okay, I guess we're done collaborating, or you can say, okay, well, let's revisit how we're actually going to do this in a, in a, a healthy way and an effective way to actually make sure things are moving forward. We're not wasting people's time, et cetera. So part of it seems like perhaps a boundary conversation. Yeah. I talk about boundaries actually quite a lot in the book, but that actually fits nicely into the second, uh, second mm. area is influence. Mm. So as I said, the reason this is not just a productivity challenge is there are some tactical things, but it's also a leadership challenge. Yeah. actually influencing your stakeholders because i like to say if you want to go on a diet the people the, the sabotage is most likely to come from your family mm-hmm. <laughs> because they're the ones who, they want to eat chocolate cake and they don't want to feel bad about it right were you virtuously saying no so they're going to kind of tempt you and uh yeah. Yeah, unless you've really had that conversation up front and That's really so established what i want to do you can do it you know, you can have what you want. I'm not going to. It's fine. Don't feel guilty. You know, you can have that conversation. And then when they say, okay, we'll support you in it, then you've got allies and not saboteurs. Too often what we do is we come up with a plan and we go, oh, I can't do that because my boss won't agree or the other people in the company won't want me to do that or my customers won't accept that. But have we actually had the conversations to renegotiate those boundaries, mm. uh, to create some new boundaries? And so influence is really important because otherwise we can't implement our tactical plan. It will fall flat because we are trying to change, but nobody else knows they need to change. So in the influence part, part of the book, I talk about that. I actually think it's an overlooked area. When people do the, the assessment that I mentioned, the making time for strategy assessment, yeah, and they get a score, they get their overall score, which they can benchmark. We've had hundreds and hundreds of leaders do it. But also you get, you get to see which is your limiting factor. And I find the influence is uh, out of the four areas is the fewest number of people think influence is their limiting factor. Interesting. And I suspect that that's not actually the case. I suspect that people underestimate how mm-hmm. much that is actually holding them back. Because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. if you can get your boss on your side, if you can renegotiate with your stakeholders, your customers, your peers, your team, and create a new agreement 
Yeah. That makes a huge amount of difference. But often we don't do it. We don't have those conversations. We don't have the bold conversations. We don't express our needs clearly. We don't explain why it's going to be better. So I think influence is right. It's uncomfortable. That's a, it's a, it's a nerve wracking conversation because, you know, people want to please people. You want to, you want to be seen as successful and you want to be a team player, et cetera. Um, So it can really be a challenge to, to be willing to have those conversations. Yeah, exactly. So that's, so that's, that's the influence part. And then the flip side, if we then move on to the next one is mindset. So Often it's what we believe is possible, necessary, and desirable that holds us back in this area. Mm. So it's not just a leadership challenge, it's also a personal transformation challenge. Because we might we just might feel that we we have to be busy to to be to be valuable, to right. uh, to be productive. We might feel that uh if we're not hyper-responsive, then that's a bad thing. I like to say, well, imagine you try to get in touch with the president of the USA or your company CEO or, or whatever. It's like, well, perhaps they wouldn't be responding in five minutes and perhaps you'd be actually quite happy that they've got better things to do. They're an important person. So <laughs> what if you're an important person, you have important things to do and you're not getting distracted. So trying to hack people's thinking and, and help them realize that perhaps their addiction to uh, instant um, responsiveness or addiction to adding value or or need to people please, or all these things. Perhaps we need to let those go yeah, and find a different way of thinking about things. So I like to say we want to prioritize contribution instead of being governed by our fears, which often happens. So that's mindset. And, and that's interesting to me personally, because I tend to be one of those people. I'm not sure if it's a style thing. I don't feel like a huge amount of pressure personally to like, be the hyper-responsive person, but I am. And, you know, I, I, I always feel really bad if I'm like, I, I, I was a little bit late for this conversation. I felt horrible about that. I hate wasting people's time. And if someone contacts me, you know, I want to be on top of things enough to be able to respond to them quickly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, I don't feel like a huge amount of like weight or pressure mm-hmm. and I don't feel like I'm like burning myself out to do it, but I, I am, I do tend to kind of be that hyper-responsive person and it probably impacts me in ways that I'm not even aware of. Uh, and it probably diminishes my my energy in ways that I'm not aware of as well. Well, the question, I think the challenge is really, what are you missing out on? So yeah. what would happen if you created more space in your life, more space to think and reflect? We've jumped into the tactics, but I suppose I want to just go back up one level. What are we trying to create here? I call it strategic time. And it's time to think about and work on the game-changing projects or the game changing the things you need to shift and right. and the issue is so often we we're not we don't create that time we don't have that creativity and so we just take the hard path <laughs> it feels like it's just the direct path but it's the hard path it's the, where we're just trying to add the effort in and so when we are hyper responsive it's fine but then that means that probably our day is taken up by noise we don't have just time to reflect when I take, I take my, I have a run a CEO group of some of the world's most amazing leaders. So from billion dollar companies to startup founders to different sorts of leaders. And uh, we go away for a couple of days. Uh, next time we're going to Iceland in a couple of months. Uh, you know, we're in Paris uh, four months before. And just those two days out of their business, 
where they get just a step back and think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's such a game changer for them. Yeah. And and it's just, we, we don't often give ourselves that gift. And I like to say that it, it's really important to know what you need to be working on because you can't free up time from operations. You have to free up time for something more valuable. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it just crowds back in. So it's really important to spend some time getting clear about what do I want to spend my time doing? What would make a big difference? Yeah. So that's mindset. You see, you can see that um, yep. we're always limited by our own thinking about things. Um, the final one is is the environment. Environment is the E in time. And, and environment, but what I mean by that is, is really your company culture. Um, so there are some tactical things about our own personal environment that we can deal with, such as minimizing notifications and these kind of things. But it's also the question about, well, how do I create an environment around me where where we are promoting strategic time, where we are having a culture where it's okay to stop and think and close the door and reflect and and not just feel that we have to be in production mode all the time, but also be in creativity mode. That's often a really big challenge for leaders because it's not just about their own personal productivity. If they can sort that out and the rest of the organization is completely overwhelmed, well, then what? So the time part is really helping them think about how do I create that language, create that that uh, discussion, that conversation within the broader company, mm-hmm. and how can we put into place some some behaviors and some rituals that promote that. So that, if you like, is, is the kind of the overall the big picture. Yeah. Excellent. Um, and I think that's why that's why I think so the, the book came out of the work I've been doing with leaders on these areas. I realized. I'm getting results for these people. They, you know, did a group program. There was a mid-level manager. He got promotion. You know, he he was overloaded. He, he created thirty percent of his week. He realized he was able to delegate and and get rid of. He had all this free time. Went to his manager and uh, you know he rose up a level because it's like, oh great, well you can take this responsibility now. You can take that responsibility. Uh, same with CEO clients where they finally managed to drive their next initiative. So I found it was so powerful, and it was when I realized. It's this kind of this more of this coaching approach around dealing with the leadership issues, dealing with the personal mindset issues, dealing with the kind of organizational dynamics issues. Mm. It's those things that make the difference and not just adding a new filter to your Gmail or yeah. a, a better a better to do <laughs> application. Yeah, absolutely. Richard, this has just been a great conversation. I really appreciate you walking us through the time acronym and and some of these kind of tools and approaches that we can use to free up the time so that we can, you know, focus on the strategic pieces, have those reflective moments uh, and get unplugged a little bit, at least, so that we're not just running around putting out fires like chickens with our heads cut off all day, but actually getting to, to the the second level kinds of work that we all want to do. I think we all are hoping to be able to do that kind of stuff. Um, I know at the time I need to let you go, but before we wrap things up for today, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, your team, where the, you where they can find your book, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Yeah, sure. So first of all, my name is Richard Medcalf with a D and no E. Uh, there's various ways of spelling Med, Medcalf. And my company is called X Quadrant. Uh, so it's just the X and then the word quadrant. And uh, if you want to find a bit more, first of all, find me on LinkedIn, hit me up. I'm always... Um, putting interesting and valuable things out, out there. Go to makingtimeforstrategy.com if you want to find out about the book. Um, 
uh, there's the links to Amazon and all the other things there, as yeah. well as uh, you know some reviews and all the other stuff you might want to find out about. Uh, and actually, what I'll do is I'll set up a special link. If you go to xquadrant.com slash HCI, then I'll actually put the link to the uh, Making Time for Strategy assessment there and some other bonuses as well. So that's probably the best place to go to get everything in one place. So xquadrant.com slash HCI. And um, yeah, and if, if anybody gets the book and uh, finds it interesting, feel free to reach out and strike up a conversation. Uh, it's uh, I'm always very happy to engage with people and and have that two-way dialogue. It's, it's fantastic. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Richard. Again, a real pleasure. I encourage the audience to reach out and get connected. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day, and that you can have a great week. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the podcast. We hope you stay healthy and safe, and please join us again soon. Monetizing digital services since 2004. Boosting the entertainment industry by making digital content accessible for everyone. AWG, where innovation meets monetization.